Hi, my name is Arman, and you're listening to the Yes I Am podcast. At this podcast, we have vulnerable and venting conversations full of integrity with guests about their life stories and how it influences who they are today. You can follow me on Instagram at ArmanASKZ to stay connected. And for more information, you can follow the Yes I Am podcast on Instagram at YIA underscore Yes I Am. And now let's get inspired. going through the show you know i want to say yes i am live and then clap okay like how you just did <laughs> how i just did <laughs> <laughs> welcome everyone to yes i am podcast today i'm having a conversation with someone who gets a's in college without studying and she claims that she knows this system and that's why she doesn't <laughs> study <laughs> she makes a lot of claims but uh and then i met her when she was 17 um how long ago is that? Sounds like years ago. Uh, and she was like an infant. And now she's running Yes I Am uh, operation like a CEO. But, but still, she's not 21, so she's not legal. <laughs> 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 oh my God. All right, give a round of applause for Riley Dealing. <laughs> Oh this my, is going so well. This is going so well. <laughs> and I just said your last name, you know, because you hate it. Yeah, it's more the middle name, but yeah, sure. Yeah, how are you doing, Riley? I'm doing great, Armand. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing wonderful. Um, sounds like a great day to record a podcast and have a great conversation with the, the CEO of the SIM organization. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Um, how do you, Riley, uh, how do you say hi? How do I say hi to just people in general? Yeah. Typically, I just say hi. <laughs> or, um, you know, it kind of depends on who I'm talking to. No, like, okay, so imagine you want to say hi. Uh, imagine you, you, you need to give a speech. Okay. You walk. Uh, on like a formal audience kind a of thing. A formal audience type of thing, you know. And you walk on the stage and you just want to say hi. Like, how, how would you, or like not even hi. How would you start a, 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 a conversation or like a speech in a public setting? Um, I would probably start by just saying good morning, good afternoon, good evening, like thank you for being here uh-huh. kind of thing, professional. And, you know, if I'm giving a speech kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm asking that because, um, uh, again, three, four years ago, when you when you joined the organization, uh, we had this workshop and I just picked up on you. I was like, Riley, you're talking right now. You remember that time? I do, I do remember that <laughs> quite vividly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, Riley, it's your turn to um, talk. And then she just did an absolute amazing job, you know? And uh, the other time I remember is uh, during the Happiness Festival, and I was nervous, you yeah. know, I was pretty nervous. I, I, I do this very, very often, you know, like public setting t- the conversation, but I was so nervous. And then Riley just walks on the stage like, like, <laughs> like nothing is going on. There's just like nobody, just herself in the mirror and starts talking to people. So where, where, where do you, where do you get the confidence to talk very comfortably in public? Um, 
I, you know, I've actually been asked that quite a few times. Really? Yeah, I, yeah. In, like class presentations and stuff. I've always just been able to easily do it. And I don't I don't actually quite know why. I'm just very comfortable in front of people. But what's funny is like one on one conversations. Mm-hmm. I'm not typically great at. I mean, you're my friend, so it's a little bit different. Yeah. But I don't know. I just get in a public setting. And I think that a lot of times everyone is in their own head or like in mm-hmm. their own conversations. That they're not fully paying attention to 100%. you. And so I'm like, OK. You know, I can just do this and they're not, not everybody's paying attention to me, so it's fine. Um, I think I just kind of block it out and I just, I just do it. Do you, do you, do you make a lot of eye contact when you talk to people or like you try to avoid eye contact? Uh, it definitely depends on the situation. I think it, it depends on what we're talking about, who I'm talking to. No, like, like you're on a stage and talking oh, to people. Oh, if I'm on stage? Yeah. Um, I don't look direct. I would say I make eye contact with the crowd, but not at one person for too long. I try to look mm-hmm. around and make sure you. everyone's being seen. Everyone being seen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, I think, the, the right way to do it, too. Yeah. Just want to make sure everyone is, like, getting engaged with, yeah, exactly. with the whole conversation. Um, and uh, was there, like, type of, like, practice or, like, things you were doing as a kid that, like, helped you to be very comfortable or, like, you just feel like that the family setting like got you prepared for it yeah i think well when i was little i was really into like performing for my family i'd put on little shows for mm, them like sing high school musical really? or something like that yeah oh i've got a lot of home God. videos of that you kind did of that stuff. i did that i did it a lot oh my um, I, I really want to watch those videos yeah, i'll find them for you <laughs> um so i think it was a lot of that and i just yeah. was comfortable around my family and then when i got a little bit older i had a bat mitzvah where i had to be in front what? of a bat mitzvah. It's, what is that? Um, it's like a, a Jewish coming of age tradition uh, where you become like a woman or a man within the Juda, Ju, within Judaism, within the Jewish culture. Um, you get in front of people, you read from the Torah, which is the holy book of Judaism. Wait, so it, that's how you you claim or like you, you call, you become a Jewish? It, it's when you become technically like an adult. Adult? Uh, yeah. In the culture. Okay. Do you mind? Do you mind a little bit opening up that one? Because it's a very interesting term. I never heard that. Yeah, a bat mitzvah. So it's a bat yeah. mitzvah for yeah. a girl, a bar mitzvah for a boy, and it's essentially when you turn. It's twelve for a girl, thirteen for a boy. I did mine uh-huh. when I was thirteen. Um, but you go to Hebrew school and you practice reading from the Torah. You yeah. learn Hebrew. You learn about Judaism and the culture, um, and the stories of the Torah, everything behind it, and then. You know, you turn 12 or 13 and you have this oh. big celebration. It's It starts with a ceremony where you read prayers in, in Hebrew, read from the holy book. And then usually there's like a really fun party or something after. Mine was pretty fun, not going to lie. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I had to get up in front of the whole congregation and sing. And I think at like 13. You did that? Yeah, at, I did at that. At 13? Yeah. yeah. And, and this is like, wait, uh, you this is like a retreat type of thing, right? Or is it like uh, no. by family? It's like family, you invite family okay. and friends and all that kind of stuff. So okay. I think there were a couple hundred people in the crowd there to watch me. Hundred. Yeah, there was a lot of people there. Um, and I got up and I was like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? Uh-huh. And I just I just got through it. I was pretty nervous the whole time and I think you that were? was apparent. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of people. I hadn't, I hadn't sung like that in front of that many people. Usually it was just high school musical with, you know, my sibling and mm-hmm. my parents. Yeah. But um, yeah, a couple hundred people was a lot. And I, I was nervous, but I got more comfortable the longer I was up there. And I, I just got through it. And I think ever since then, I felt like I could kind of talk in front of any crowd. You know, I just learned something new about you sing. 
I don't sing. I don't <laughs> sing, sing. <laughs> you know, I sing in my car. So, I sing in the shower. I don't. Want, I don't sing. You want to give us a hairstyle, Tapa? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna pass. That's a, a great, you know, question. But I'm good. I'm good. Oh Thank you. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's pretty funny, Riley. Um, I always really admire you for the the your work ethic. Thank you. You know, and you're a very hardworking person. At the same time, I saw a lot of um, leadership skills in you. You know, at the beginning, I I, I saw I saw roots of it, and like uh, more and more, you got active with the whole organization. I saw that you kept growing as a leader, and I mean, right now, I'm I I really handed all the execution operation <laughs> of yes, I am organization to you, and you you started as a little kid, and now you're my boss. <laughs> <laughs> So um, tell me, tell me about this whole journey of like when you when you joined and then uh, how how things have changed. How I changed as a person. How you changed leadership. as a person? Yeah, over yeah. over this past how long? How many? Four years? Three years? Two, yeah, about maybe three, two and a half. Um, three, I think. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. I it's funny that you say that you saw me grow as a leader because I never looked back and I was like oh yeah I'm I'm a great leader I have a leadership role until you said something about mm -hmm. it um, I think I've changed a lot as a person you know from when I started in or late 2019 to now I'm pretty sure I think I'm a did. completely different person than I was yeah. um, and that's due to a lot of things but can you be more specific about how I've changed? You asked like... Well, yeah, let's talk about those yeah. things, you know? Like, like yeah. what are those events that, like, changed you? And, like, what was that change, basically? Yeah. How different you are. How different I am. I mean, there were a lot of changes. I think when you when you first met me, I had just moved to Corvallis. I'd mm -hmm. been there for a few weeks, or I'd been here for a few weeks. That is true. It was, yeah. like, week one or two yeah, of it was really early. the fall term. Of the fall term. I, sure. I had just moved there. Yeah. Um, I had never been that far away from home before. I was, like, 800 miles away and when I was younger I was not the kind of person to mm -hmm. ever like want to be away from home I'd call my yeah. mom middle the night sleepovers be like come pick me up I can't be here anymore <laughs> um and so when everyone heard that I was moving to Oregon they're like you're doing what you you're doing that really um everyone was quite surprised uh which is funny because I didn't really think of it as that big of a deal I'm like I'm just a plane right away which is not not true um but yeah I moved here I had a bit of a freak out when I officially was alone yeah. uh, but then I just I just dove into it I hadn't really had no other choice mm -hmm. um, and then I had some major life events that happened um, I had a quite a few people leave my life mm -hmm. uh, kind of forced me to grow forced me to meet new people mm -hmm. and then the pandemic happened and it all changed again I had to move back home for I mean everybody did pretty much for an extended period of yeah. time I felt like I wasn't really growing anymore since I was back home just in my bedroom doing my work. I didn't really feel like I was changing as a person. Mm -hmm. um, but I think 2020 changed me entirely, not just because of the pandemic, but um, politically I found my way. I found a lot of my morals and values that year. Uh, I actually moved back up here for about 10 weeks and I ended up moving back home. I do remember that time. Yeah, I was here for like two and a half months and I was like, all right, yeah. never mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I feel like I've had so many different personas in the last couple years. You think so? And yeah, every time I've moved, I've started a new era. And I think like even now, my sister just came to visit me last mm -hmm. week 
And I, <laughs> since now that I've moved up here, I guess I've changed a little bit more than when she saw right. me a couple months ago. Right. And, you know, I do things like make my own oat milk and do like funny things like that. And she came up here and she's like, Riley, you've turned granola. She like thought I was really? so down to earth <laughs> and all that stuff, which is so funny of her to say. But oh, uh, I think God. just every time I move or I, that's been the main, the common denominator is every time I've moved, I've kind of changed as a person. As a person. Mm -hmm, I've just found different, different parts of myself. Really? Yeah. Each time. I still just still growing. Um and is it is it that different that if I like four years ago you had no idea you 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 have the values and morals that you have right now? Um I not necessarily. I think I've always had these morals and values. Gotcha. Maybe it's just gotten a little bit more intense or I feel like more passionately about them. Mm -hmm. Um I'm willing to fight for certain morals and values and certain Definitely. rights. Um and I just, I think I'm more knowledgeable about things. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Okay. And would you say school has helped you to be more knowledgeable or like just uh, living independently has helped you? I think both have helped me significantly. Okay. I think, you know, school definitely has. I've had a lot of professors who have mm -hmm. opened my eyes and be like, oh, yeah, that's a really cool idea. Let me dive further For into sure. that. For sure. Um, but I think being independent definitely kind of forced me to find out who I was. Independent. Yeah. And you're living by yourself right now, not even mm -hmm. roommates or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty close to, like, my best friend. She lives about 500 feet away from me, so I'm not entirely Wait, who are you talking about? I'm your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to break it to you, Armand. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, by the way, uh, stay tuned at the end. We're going to have a play, uh, not a game, but we're adding this kind of like a challenge type of segment to the end of the each episode. And uh, because Riley is very, um, well, we've been, we've been working now for now three years, I guess. And we just developed a great friendship throughout these three years. She knows a lot about like my personality and like the way I do work and stuff. So at the end of this episode, she's gonna go uh, go ahead and and do a two minute roasting session <laughs> for me. <laughs> and, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, I'm 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 hoping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you did not hear it at the end of this, just know we edited out because it wasn't good. <laughs> So, Riley, you um, you have told me that you have ADHD. Yes. Which I have I did, I would have not guessed about you. Yeah, I had it quite well. Yeah, <laughs> because you know, I, uh, ADHD people are tend to be more like jump around in mm -hmm. conversations a lot. You know, mentally being different yeah. different places and like there's just so much things going on in your mind, but. Whenever I think about you, you you sound like someone, you look like someone that can just sit down and focus and get the job done. Yeah. No, it's absolutely not true. Really? Um, yeah. So I think a lot of things go into that. I think ADHD 
um, is typically it's studied a lot more in boys than it is in girls and yeah. I think uh, it's also presented differently in females mm-hmm. than males so you know being the hyperactive bouncing off the walls things yeah. typically um, part of what how a, a boy has ADHD uh-huh. um, my mind is racing 24 7 I'm thinking of a million different things all at the same time even during this conversation even um, and I procrastinate like no other but that's mm-hmm. how I get things done I procrastinate until I actually can't anymore and I get it done and I do really well on it uh, it just is that's always weird. the way I've operated I don't I, I can't explain it that's just how it is but really yeah. mm-hmm. and and did, have you ever tried to kind of get it more under control the ADHD uh yeah I've been I've like tried to I haven't been medicated for it but I've tried to like talk with people about it and be <laughs> more you know level-headed I think you know when you say that I, I seem like someone who just sit down and focus. I think yeah. I can kind of suppress it very well. Mm-hmm. So when I'm talking to people who I'm not super close with, I can kind of force myself to just put it off to the side and focus really? on what I'm doing. Not necessarily focus, but maybe act like I'm focusing. Uh, but then as I get to know you and become closer friends, it becomes more apparent that more I'm friends. kind of all over the place. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, was all, it was fascinating for me to hear that because um, you know you you i have adhd and i am not the best executor you know i am mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all about just let, let me give me a piece of paper and a pen and i can come with 100 different ideas yeah. for you to get something done uh but when it comes to execution i always like um looked up to you as someone that's going to go execute stuff just because i see a lot of a lot of skills in you thank you um, yeah and uh and then whenever you told me that you have ADHD and, and I was I was very shocked. I know. I saw your face. <laughs> yeah. I was very you shocked. You didn't believe me. I had to convince you. I, I'm not convinced yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But um yeah, uh, but do you uh, do you do you think do you see it as um as a blessing, as a as an opportunity, as a hidden talent or a hidden skill, or do you more see it as something that just like is on your nerves, you know? On my, it does get on my nerves every so often really? because there's times where I just genuinely can't pay attention to something that's yeah. super important and I need to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I get bored quite easily. I quite need easily. to be constantly stimulated. Yeah. Um, and but it's also I wouldn't necessarily say it's either good or bad. It's just something that I live with. Okay. Um, I think that my mind is is quite unique because of it. Definitely. Uh, yeah. That's how I feel too. I feel like uh, people with ADHD just like see the world differently. Yeah. You know? uh, and it's it's very fascinating that like you can like I can sit down here look you look in the eye and talk to you mm-hmm. but my mind will do something yeah, else. Yeah, exactly. Mine I do the same you, same thing. It's crazy, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and like like a lot of times like I feel like you have the same experience. I have a conversation with somebody and we jump into 500 different topics. Mm-hmm real quick yeah really and they're like what what, what, how 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 did you get there how taco is related (laughs) to uh albert einstein yeah (laughs) like i'm like i don't know (laughs) yeah like on in my mind i'm having conversation with somebody making a grocery list in my head and also singing a song like i have so many things going on at the same time definitely Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's, it's very fascinating how the our brain works it's it's very creative i love it yeah i absolutely love it um one thing um i noticed about you um when i when i offered the position 
to you to really take in charge of the whole operation. Um, you did not say yes right away. I did not. <laughs> you did not say yes right away. And that was, to me, was very interesting. Yeah. It was very interesting. <laughs> and I was like, is she going to say no? <laughs> yeah, you were like, uh-oh, what do I do now? Uh, I was like, is she going to say no? But, uh, well, let me start with this. How often do you say yes to opportunities that come to your way? T- typically, I mean, obviously, it depends on what they are. Uh, typically, I jump in something. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do that. I can handle it. I got mm-hmm. this. And okay. then it's, it could either go one of two ways. Either it's great and I execute it flawlessly yeah. or it all crumbles and falls apart and I'm stressed. Yeah. Um, so I've actually been really working on saying no to things that I'm not sure I can take on, which is why I made you wait for my answer a little bit because mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't sure if I could do it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a it was a very mature reaction, you know, to kind of start thinking about it more articulate about your answer. Yeah, you know, like I I am really able to do it. Yeah, well, it's a big responsibility, so mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that I could do the club justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then how about saying no? How easy that is for you to say no? It's difficult. I'm a people pleaser by nature, so I don't you really are? love saying no to people. Really? Yeah, I, I can't stand the thought that somebody is upset with me for saying no. Mm. Um, but it's been one of my goals recently to put myself first because uh, once I started doing that a few times, I was like, wow, my life is a lot easier. It's a lot nicer to be doing for this sure. kind of thing. For sure. uh, so it's something that I've definitely been practicing a lot and it still mm. doesn't come naturally. Yeah. To say like, oh, maybe I shouldn't, but it, I think it's really important that I do. To say no. To know. say no when I need to, yeah. For sure. It's, it, I think it's definitely very important to say mm-hmm. no. Um, and it's a skill, too. Yeah. It's 100% a skill. Yeah. It, you know, so, okay, so I, I, we just were talking about ADHD. And <laughs> I had something in my thought when you were talking and you just jumped into it, something else. So I forgot I wanted to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> typical. Very typical. Very <laughs> typical. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, we were talking about opportunities. Mm-hmm. We were about talking about opportunities. So right now, uh, when you're when you're thinking about accepting a position of taking up opportunities, um, what what are some priorities for you? Like, what are some stuff that goes through your mind to decide if if that's the right thing for you to do or not? Um. I kind of look at the most thing, the biggest thing was my schedule. Okay. I have, I'm taking 19 credits. Mm-hmm. I have two jobs. I have a cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was, I was already a pretty big part of the club. So I had those responsibilities as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love my position in the club. So I didn't entirely want to give that up. Um, but when I'm presented with an offer and I really need to think about it, I I need I typically think about how it can fit into my life. Can this yeah. work around my schedule? What are the most important things I have going on right now? Is this an important thing that I need to add to my list? Do I actually want to do this? Um, and it's it's kind it's a really difficult decision because there are some things that I genuinely do want to do, but I just don't have the time for. Or if I did say yes to them, I wouldn't be sleeping. I would really have to sacrifice a lot of the things that I enjoy, and then it would make whatever that opportunity was kind of not fun anymore. Not fun anymore. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I remember earlier you talked about um, those changes in your life. Mm-hmm. And you told me that you had to face some events and adversities. Mm-hmm. So what, what are some adversities that you have faced throughout these years that you um, really think helped you really grow? 
Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of life-altering events that changed the way I see the world. Um, almost two years ago, my grandma passed away, mm-hmm. and that was a really, really big thing for me. She was yeah. my favorite person ever. Mm-hmm. Um, that one was really, really hard, and I'm, I'm still getting over it. Uh, I don't think I'll fully ever be over it, but um, that was one that really made me reevaluate what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Who, who, who am I here for? Who are you here for? Yeah. Um, that, that one really it altered the course of my life which is interesting because my grandma lived in lake tahoe she didn't live near me i didn't see her often i saw her a a few times out of the year Mm -hmm. um so it's not like it changed my day-to-day life where i wasn't seeing her Uh, i just knew that my person wasn't here anymore (laughs) and i kind of it just put me in a rut you know i had lost family members before but this just was different i was i was older now um and i understood it a little bit more and it just, it just tore me apart. I, there's no other way to explain it. I, I came, I went to Lake Tahoe to say goodbye to her. And then I came back to Corvallis. I was still living in the dorms at the time. And I had no other choice but to just get back to the way my life was. Um, it was really hard to go through that grieving process without my family. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, never <laughs> really been away from them when something like this happened. And it was, you know, my grandma had been sick, but everyone was telling me she was going to get better. So to get a call one night saying that she's really not okay and we need to go say our goodbyes was catastrophic. I did not know what to do. Um, But I just had to come back and keep going off my life. Classes kept going, the world kept moving, and so I had to. Um, And then, what was it, like a month and a half later, it changed again. The pandemic hit, I had to move back home. Um, I feel like that initial move back home wasn't, it didn't really change me as a person. Uh, I feel like I just kind of kept growing and, you know, finding my values, like I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, that wasn't really, that wasn't really that big of a deal, but um, I just, I kind of lost quite a few friends. I didn't really, it, it's, it's hard to explain. I didn't really lose friends, but I kind of stopped talking to quite a few of them because we were all spread out all over the place. Yeah. I didn't really have my friends from high school anymore because we had all, you know, gone to college and Most made other ways, friends. Yeah. Um, I had two friends left in my hometown. Well, One of them... No, you weren't in my hometown. (laughs) You weren't my friend. But, like, see, I didn't really talk to you while I was gone. You know, we did some club stuff, but it wasn't, like, a, you know, a casual hangout talk. It was a yes, I am talk. Yeah. Um, So I had two two friends left in my hometown. One of them I saw pretty regularly. She's kind of what got me through. And then the other one I was not allowed to see throughout the entire pandemic because her mom wouldn't let her leave her house. Whoa. Um, so she snuck out and I saw her a few times, but I was I was pretty lonely. Um, mom, can you hear that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> if you're listening, um, yeah, no, she knows. <laughs> she knows. Um, the mom but, knows? Yeah. Well, her mom knows that she snuck out. Mm. Maybe not. She'll never hear this. It's fine. Uh, Sorry, I, I'm going to make sure she will hear this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I grew closer with my sister. Yeah. Um, we had we fought a lot growing up, but I think we'd both matured and realized that we were kind of in this life together. Um, so she became my friend, too, for the first time in our lives, and that was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just... I, I kind of found out what it was like to truly be alone and have to be independent, learning wow. how to do things on my own. Um, I had people to lean on, but I didn't have, I, I mean, I had best friends, but I didn't have anyone that I was with 24 seven. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, for the first time I was without that. And it was really, really strange. 
So I had to learn how to navigate this grief from losing my grandma and this new solo life. Um, and I moved back to Corvallis for a hot second, got a cat. <laughs> he moved back home with me. Um, and I went from, what was it, November 2020 to August 2021 living at home. Started to go a little bit crazy. It was a long time. It was a really long time. I remember we had some uh, Zoom conversations, uh, conversation through Zoom. Mm -hmm. You look like you're going crazy. I I was. I was going a little bit crazy. Yeah, you were going insane. Um, (laughs) You were like, I'm sick of staying home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do remember those times, and I was like, "Okay, Riley should come back." I yeah, I was I was excited to come back. I I found things to do. I had um you know some nannying jobs, so I was getting out of the house. But school was on Zoom. I mean, that was the only thing I was yep. leaving my house for. Um and a lot of my privacy had been gone. My sister, when I moved, took over my bedroom. Oh, you all, you all, you also sleep in the same bedroom now. No, no. My dad actually converted one room in our house to a bedroom for me. But while that was going on, I had lost a lot of privacy. And the walls were still super thin. So it wasn't... I didn't really have a space that was completely, you know, like soundproof. very important. It was very important. So that was was a major issue I found living at home. I love my family to death. But that was really difficult for me to move away, have this independence, and then it all be ripped away. Um, And that caused some issues with my family because they didn't quite understand that. And it was hard to tell them that without hurting their feelings um so that changed a little bit too. the dynamic my family did but i i think those are the two major things that really changed me you know it's it's very funny that you say that um that you don't think they understand and they don't you know they don't because um they are not experiencing what you're experiencing Mm -hmm. and what one thing is very interesting that i was thinking right now i have not seen my family now six years five six years yeah I can I, I I love them, but I cannot imagine living with them. Yeah. A single day, maybe a day <laughs> till I till I like I don't know, just say hi and just have some breakfast, lunch, dinner. Yeah. But after that, I need to leave. You, you know, to leave. I, I'll come back sometimes to just say hi, but I cannot stay. You yeah. know. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. You know, I'm. A, uh, you, you are your own person. You know. Yeah. You, you are, are your, your own person. person. That that's the best way to say it, because you know, to our parents, we're still their kids. They still want to look and after us. And we always gonna say that, kid, and that's will. fine. You know. But it's just it's just different because it's we don't different. we don't have to listen to them anymore, and we have <laughs> different different views than they do sometimes, 100%. and that um, caused causes conflict. It does. It does. You know what we were talking about that. Uh, I remember one thing I was very interested to ask you is, um, you sometimes, uh, sometimes what I notice, you don't uh, necessarily, or actually you do most of the time <laughs> say, say, you say sorry a yeah, lot. You I apologize do. a lot. You yeah. apologize a lot. Um, Did I just say it? Did I just say sorry? We said right now. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you didn't say it right now. But uh, yeah, so you po- you apologize mm-hmm. a lot. Um, you, do you apologize because you just blame yourself, or do you apologize to make someone feel better? Wow, that's so deep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, you probably just gonna stay like not like surface level not yeah well it it depends like i said i'm i'm a big people pleaser so that's definitely one of the big reasons why i apologize so often that's another thing i'm working on um i just 
it, sometimes it's easier to just be like, oh, sorry, let's forget about it than yeah. to actually get into the issue. Mm-hmm. So I also, I just, I just over apologize. I don't like to be you an do. inconvenience. Um, and I think it's common for a lot of people. They don't want to take up space. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want people to think like I'm the, the loudest, most obnoxious person in the room. I want to be small and quiet and be like, oh, she's she's a nice person. She's, you know, she's quiet. She's nice. She's kind. So you care about that? Yeah. Well, not so much. I'm I'm working on it. I don't want to be like that. You don't want Um, to care, but but you care. Yeah, I don't want to care, but I care. And I think it's because I've been trained to do that for so long, so long in my life. And now I'm learned that I don't really want to be like that anymore. I want to take up space because I deserve to be here kind of a thing. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. And, uh, do you do you feel like the the nature of saying sorry a lot and apologizing a lot, um, kind of uh give you sometimes a mindset of a, a victim? Um. Yes and no. Mm-hmm. I don't really like to ever think of myself as a victim because no one 100%. is doing it to me but me. 100%. Um. I think that there have been things in my life that maybe have contributed to me apologizing or over apologizing. Um, so those instances, not necessarily a victim, but you know, like that that hurt. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say a victim. I would say that I've just been trained to be this way. Because you you know you know Riley, what one thing is very interesting. One thing I noticed, I I personally have worked a lot that I do not apologize if I do not need to apologize. Yeah, you know, and it's a, it and but I see it a lot. Mm-hmm. I see it a lot in my community that people just keep apologizing for like no reason. You know, like like even 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 if you're late at work, you don't necessarily say apologize. Maybe maybe there was just like you could not make it on time, you know? You don't need Mm -hmm. to apologize for something and you blame yourself for something that you shouldn't. Um and uh I lost the track of what I was going with Oh my god. Uh, but yeah, no, you basically you cannot apologize. Oh, here's what I want to say. There are some times you say something and what you say, you don't mean it to hurt anybody, mm-hmm. but it can hurt people. Yeah. Or it will it hurts people. Mm-hmm. You know? And the reason is the way you say something, in your opinion and in your interpretation of those words that you're saying, those are not bad things to say. Yeah. And someone else's interpretation that hurts them. Yeah, it's not that, your responsibility, though. And that's not your responsibility mm-hmm. to not hurt someone. Yeah, you know, because, that's so funny you said that because I actually earlier today I texted somebody something and I was like, uh-huh. oh, that's not my usual tone. I hope they don't take that mm-hmm. in a different way. And I was gonna, I was going to text them. Sorry, that came off weird. I didn't mean it like that, but I didn't because that's amazing. I didn't. I'm proud I, of you for thank that. you, Armand. <laughs> but <laughs> because you. what I said yeah. wasn't innately mean, it just mm-hmm. it was it's just not. direct. I think, and there's a difference. Um, so yeah, I kind of took a step back and I was like, I don't need to apologize for that because you have apologized to me like that before, you know. <laughs> and I, I'm actually very proud of you that you you, you don't do that anymore. Yeah, you I know? try, or you very try hard. to not do it because. It's it's not it's not our responsibility, mm-hmm. you know. Like people start needs to like uh, take you and understand you as who you are, yeah. as your own tone, you know. Yeah, it's your responsible to be. It's your responsibility to be kind to people, but it's not your responsibility to nurture their emotions necessarily. Drop the mic. Uh, 
Yeah. Um. So Riley, uh, we, we we again we're gonna do we're gonna do roasting session in Yay. a minute. But <laughs> be, before we get to that, uh, what is the biggest lesson that Riley, Daniel Ellington, <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Yeah, too. Uh, what is the biggest lesson that Riley has learned? That I've learned. In your life, biggest lesson. You can't be there for other people if you're not there for yourself first. Probably that's something I'm still learning. Is I need to take care of myself first before I can take care of other people. Yeah, for sure. I love that. And um, I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm gonna tell you, but you know, we we call ourselves the SIM because we believe, we believe, we believe you can put anything in in front of the SIM. Finish a sentence with whatever you want and be that person, become that person. It's the power of manifestation, power of you first thing to believe something till you can achieve it. Yeah. You know, you cannot, you cannot become who, you cannot become rich if you don't believe you are capable of becoming yeah. rich. You know, you cannot become an uh, athlete if you do not believe you're capable, if you do not believe it really within yourself. So that's very important. That's the, that's why we call ourselves ESAM because we want to, we want to put that message out there, put water in front of it. You first believe it and then you can achieve it. Yep. So what would Riley put in front of ESAM? I think you kind of already said it. My go-to is usually yes, I am capable because I've learned that I'm a cap- I'm capable of a lot more than I thought I was when mm-hmm. I first started this club. Fantastic. Thank you everyone for for tuning in to this episode and um it's 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 been a I mean I, I'm personally very very grateful. Um I think I shared it with Riley before, but when when she when she uh said that she was interested in being part of the SM organization, that around that time that was like around six months after I founded this organization. And um, over summer, over a course of three months, I lost everything that I was planning for this organization. You know, everything was gone. And basically, um, for this organization to be a success, we needed a new life. You know, we needed we needed some new beginning. You know, it it it, it could have been like one of those startups that you you, you it dies before it gets anywhere. Mm-hmm. But it didn't, and uh, one of the reasons was you, Riley, when you joined, mm-hmm. and uh, same with uh, Dag, Dag, um, you all brought the life to it. Aww. You all brought the life to it. And now um, you all have accomplished a lot. You have learned a lot about yourself. You you are a way better person than you are right now that you already just talked about it. So I'm very grateful. Thank you for that. Thank you, Arma. Yeah, let's do the roasting. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, make sure to subscribe and share with your friends. And as always, yes, I am.